We have two uh, in-studio guests. We have uh, a couple of uh, consultants that have been uh, retained by the city of Northfield to to help them with the planning process of uh, the riverfront redevelopment and downtown redevelopment. Uh, as far as guiding the process through there, we have uh, Bruce Jacobson and Bob Close. Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back to the KYMN studios. <laughs> Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Glad are, to be here. Are you about to experience your first defeat of Jesse James Day celebration? Were you around last year? Or? Well, last year we made a point because so much of the conversation around what happens in downtown uh, uh, does uh, rely on special events and, and some other things, particularly DJJD, uh, the defeat days. Last year, we were around and uh, met with various people and got a tour of the setup for the carnival and the tour of the setup for Bridge Square and a tour for the setup over at Babcock Park for the rodeo. Um, and uh, but this year we're here a little earlier, so uh, we'll we'll get to get to do more of that. We'll be here all day today. Well, hopefully you'll get a you know corn dog or uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. maybe catch a rodeo or something. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, why don't we start off by? Well, I'll ask this to either one of you. Kind of give us an idea. Uh, well, first of all, remind us of what uh, the, the scope of your job is, what the city is looking for when they hired you, and then kind of talk about where where we're at in the process. Very quickly. Uh, Bob and I were invited to participate um, in basically in 2019, which seems like an eye blink ago, but time has really flown by. But we participated with the the committee that was formed to do the Riverfront Enhancement Action Plan. And at that time, the discussion uh, expanded into saying it was much more than just looking at your parks along the riverfront. It was really about uh, alignments and opportunities to uh, uh, related to uh, development and connected public realm uh, and a lot of other things. So kind of my intro today that I was thinking about this morning is that um, some people have perceived that that plan is a really uh, tight vision and that the city has a whole lot of plans already cooked up and that the whole thing is really a done deal. But I would submit that it's really based on three very simple uh, kind of overarching ideas. The first one is, and you guys will probably look look at the ceiling and go, oh, brother, but they are really simple thoughts about it is about the river. That's one thing. It is really, it's always been about the river. The second thing is that it's not anti-automobile. I want to make that clear. And, and the third thing is really talking about um, Incremental and very thoughtful, but what we feel in our 40-plus years of experience is inevitable change, is that change will come um, and that you need to prepare for it, plan for it, and that's part of what our, our, our scope is. So um, the first category, real quickly, is the river, is what's unique about this town, is that um, most people may not know this, is the, the city owns almost close to 90% of the riverfront on both sides of the river from the edge of your city on the north to the edge of the city on the south. The second topic, um, even though we do talk about parking strategies and we talk about pedestrian amenities and bike trails and a lot of other things, doesn't make us anti-car. It doesn't make us uh, living in this utopia of everybody's going to ride their bikes to work and all these other crazy thoughts is that it's a it's a mixed modal kind of an approach to how we do things and then the third thing when we're talking about change is we have an opportunity really alignments with private sector there's a lot of interest coming in here to invest in this town and the city has a lot of opportunity with your commissions and with mayor and council and with the community conversation to make really good decisions about the kind of developments you want to see here 
Uh, Bruce Jacobson and Bob Close are our guests. Now we're talking about the development of downtown Northfield and the riverfront uh, in general. Let's start off with, uh, or from there, let's go into Bridge Square because that's kind of the next big thing that's coming around. Personal standpoint, I've kind of complain bridge square has not been up to today's standards for a couple of decades and i i welcome a, a change in that uh but you, tell us where you, where the city is at and where you guys are at and what uh, what the plan is now well it was really an interesting process because when we got involved with the city doing the enhancement action plan that bruce was talking about um Bridge Square was definitely noted, but it wasn't highlighted. We were looking at four parks, Seckler, Babcock, Riverside, Lyons, and Ames. And we were well aware of the importance of Bridge Square, but uh, it just sort of emerged quickly. And we went into a fairly extensive process of engaging people not only around the square, but other, other folks in town um, to educate them about it and, and to start to evolve a design out of that a conceptual design which is basically you know the big ideas first and that was approved by mayor and council in 2022 i think it was june of 2022 so over a year ago and at that point it it kind of went into the engineering department to become a an official project and it is moving now into design development and construction documents bid documents and it's at about 60% complete now, this design process. Bruce and I have been tasked with communicating with, again, property owners around there, around the square, and others in town and the, and the commissions and so forth to be bringing them along with how the design is evolving. We engaged another firm, Damon Farber Associates. Uh, we worked with a lot up in the Twin Cities. They're an excellent Group. Yeah, Bob gets a kickback for every time he mentions their name on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, they are. They're really a talented group, and uh, they actually they have alumni from our previous firm together when we had our mm-hmm. company. So we like them, and uh, it, it's been interesting to work with them. They are they've been developing the ideas, um, and it's it's been a you know it's been observed uh, fairly intensely by people. But you were attending the meeting this past week where, you know, we we once again engaged all the people who either own property or businesses right around the square. And um, and so we've had that, that, you know, the issues of parking came up at that point. Also, we've had some historic issues, uh, the 106 process of identifying what was there and how valuable is it and does it need to be just called out or is, does it need to be exposed, preserved? Because the North Mill sat on that side of the river opposite the, you know, the Ames Mill across the way. And, uh, and the dam served both of them uh, when it was constructed with power. So we are still working through some of the issues with the uh, State Historic Preservation Organization, we, SHPO as we call it, and the HPC here locally to, um, to get things aligned and to make determinations about how to move forward at Bridge Square to recognize the North Mill and then the history of that site. I do want to chime in a little bit about, it's a good opportunity to talk about process here, is that we, it is our charge to facilitate this conversation, um, some small groups like we had uh, last week, but larger groups and meetings coming up. Before we leave today, I want to make sure we talk about calendar and the upcoming events uh, 
um, that uh, that will share a lot of a lot of information beyond Bridge Square. But Bridge Square specifically, every meeting we're going to facilitate, we'll have that same question from the audience to start off: is why am I here, and what are you going to do with the comments and kind of feedback that we give to you? Is that you know there are some things that are already have been approved and adopted by the mayor and council, and so they're off the table for change. Things like uh, the closing of Water Street is a good example. But input on parking, uh, the value of their on-street parking and so forth, we are listening carefully. We are thoughtfully reacting to those comments, and you will see a response to that in the plans going forward. So some things are very much on the table and open for discussion and will be as we go forward on all of these different projects. Now, in the meeting the other day, you, you made it a point of saying this uh, project, what we're talking about now, is is Bridge Square, and that does not actually include the parking lot uh, between uh, the liquor store and the post office. Is that correct? Did I get that part of it right? I mean, those are two very interrelated things, but we're dealing with one of them at a time. Yeah, you're you're talking about what we are calling the the promenade, mm-hmm. and that is that surface parking lot where the beer tent goes up for DJJD. And um, it is considered a second phase, really, but you're right, it's... In terms of design and function, it's very integrated with Bridge Square itself. And um, and it's also going to be closely re- related to the hotel that is proposed for the former liquor store and Ameriprise sites. So um, that will be coming forward, but it, it's next in the queue after mm-hmm. Bridge Square. And our charge really was to connect from 4th Street to 5th Street and more than just the existing kind of narrow promenade and so forth. But, again, the city uh, has made a commitment to looking at all the spaces between the buildings that front on division, but we're trying to create two fronts, is that those buildings now would have a front on the river, and the between the river and the edge of those buildings is uh, is pedestrian realm and Mm -hmm. bicycle realm and we're talking about pretty much throughout that whole corridor is removing the parking spaces along the riverfront in favor of public amenities the you'll get a first-hand look again this year at how the different spaces are being used and of course during defeat days those are all being used you know of course bridge square uh, downtown uh the uh, promenade as you had mentioned uh, that'll be used yep. ames park being used yep. uh the car show at odd fellows and memorial park uh the rodeo site um are these you know going forward is it a plan that these are all going to stay in the same place will they look different do we know yet uh, me, that, yeah. you're looking at me like that's a loaded question well, it, it is and it isn't um and because uh again it's a good example of the city's commitment to be as transparent and as uh engaging and collaborative as possible and i'm not here just to toot that horn but to say that it, that's actually what has happened is that We've met with the DJJD committee many, many times, and we've actually, they formed kind of a working group to be more specific in conversations about the very things that you just asked about. So what we've said from the beginning is that we will, this is such a huge event and so important to the city, is we're going to work with you to make sure that everything as much as possible stays where it is including working with the beer tent. How does that fit with the future of a different kind of street coming through there, removing the parking lot? They've got a lot of anchors in the ground that they've invested in for the big tents and so forth. But they are really 
pleased that we've come to them early and often and that we have a conversation going about how do we work together. Bridge Square, we've shown them the new designs. Uh, we met with the committee and said, does it still work for your food trucks and your tents and all that? Fourth Street Bridge, that still works. Candidly, we have put Babcock, we're saying, stays the same for the foreseeable future. Rodeo, as long as it fits there and so forth, we that's future plans. Babcock is down the road um, in terms of schedule. Ames Park, though, is an important one. And what we have said is not this year or next year or even maybe three or four or five years from now, but we should start the conversation about if there are future improvements to Ames Park that start to suggest that we need to find a different home for the carnival, Let's start looking. Mm-hmm. And so that process has begun conversationally. We're going to start having meetings here in the next month or so to really examine different locations so that we can plan ahead. That's where we said some you know, inevitable change, but let's plan for it. And mm-hmm. that they're at the table. We're having the conversation. We're not pushing anybody out. We're not saying you have to leave next year or anything. Let's just talk about what's possible. Uh, once again, uh, uh, Bruce Jacobson and Bob Close are our guests or consultants working on the city and some of the uh, future plans. A uh, big topic at the meeting that I had attended uh, last week was uh, was parking and uh, the concerns <laughs> that we were all getting kind of a smile on our face because that was that really dominated the uh, uh, the, the, the topic. But uh, you 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 came out and mentioned that. These are going to be addressed in the very near future with not just one parking structure, but multiple parking structures. Let, let, let's talk about that. You know, where what are you envisioning for this? And, uh, you know, we are are we going to have less parking spaces? Are we going to have more? Do you want me to start real quick or you want to go? Go for it. <laughs> just very quickly. It's uh we said in the early discussions, even going back several years, that we, when we were talking about Bridge Square and its future and its renovation and so forth in the parking lot by the liquor store, we mm-hmm. said we were not going to touch one parking space. And we have not until we had a downtown district parking strategy in place and approved and up and running. And so we're not going to remove 60 parking spaces along the riverfront until there's an answer for not only where those go, but an additional parking space is needed to serve the liquor store and to serve new development and so on and so forth. So the blanket answer is that it is always two things. Part of this is a little bit silly, but uh, in our world and in the development world and so forth, any meeting we go into, we know that the topic number one and number two and number three is going to be parking before we get into the rest of the of the agenda. But it's also that there are strategies that we are exploring right now that are in combinations of which is the way we've always approached it there's structured parking there's on-street parking there's small surface lots there's underground parking underneath uh, buildings and so on and so forth we're also in a place where the city council and other commissions and committees and so forth are interested in the conversation around fewer parking spaces um, a lot of places we're working in other cities and so forth around transit stops and a lot of other things uh, where they're saying zero parking spaces required for new housing development, for example. So, so again, we're talking multimodal. We want to see transit improvements, uh, ride share, uh, additional bike and pedestrian facilities and so forth. That's all part of the mix here. It's all part of the same conversation. I think the one word that might sum up how we look at this is a rebalancing and we've gotten this message pretty loudly from some of the people on the commissions that 
it really has been tilted to the automobile for a long time. And uh, and I suppose before that, the horse and wagon, as we can see on your wonderful photograph <laughs> out in the lobby. Um, but really, uh, pedestrian the pedestrian sidewalks uh, are, are narrower than they should be. Um, sometimes for a disabled person, for example, in a wheelchair walking with a companion, um, it would be hard to get to move along. One would have to be in front of the other. And so... Part of the strategy here is is a rebalancing, which means parking may move. Uh, it may change uh, in some cases from diagonal parking to what you have across the street here, which is parallel parking, to allow more room for people on foot. And uh, But as Bruce has said, this is not an anti-car position. It's just a rebalancing, and the cars obviously have to be accommodated. We're well aware of that. We drive here, mm-hmm. and uh, people drive everywhere. So it's it's they're not going to be going away. We just have to figure out how to manage parking. And, and a step further, we often call it curb management. So how can you how can you respond to a place that they're just picking picking food up or dropping off the laundry? They need ten minutes, no more. But if somebody comes and takes that spot for two hours, it it has an impact. So parking management talks about enforcement. It talks about incentives to get you parking in the structure, a half block off division, and um, and not to always necessarily believe that I have to be right in front of my door to succeed. So it's there's an educational component, but primarily it's really about managing how existing parking works. We were joking about this the other day, that four and a half years coming down here, we've never had a problem. Finding a parking spot. We've been, yeah. yeah, we've been here every season of the year, every time. day of the year, every time of day, and we've always been able to park on Division Street or just mm. one of the side streets just going up the hill or whatever. So I'm not trying to diminish it because I, the other point we really want to make here is that you're, the input matters. The people that are most affected by this, that's why we met with the adjacent business and property owners around Bridge Square is your your thoughts and your concerns matter and we want to meet with you as we go further into design and further into the construction sequence and everything that you are assured that we're paying attention to getting customers to your front door that people have a place seniors or people with disabilities or whatever have equal opportunity access to your door uh, as convenient as anyone else it's about access and connections and convenience we are hearing that but work with us, folks, about the other kinds of strategies that we're bringing to the table that we're seeing in other places. Uh, let's let's move on from parking. Uh, we're going to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're have that conversation again. Yeah, and sure after that, uh, again, again. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, – there's a couple other things. Uh, Bridge Square, uh, going from, from there, you talked about the promenade, uh, which brings kind of into play the dam, which – and then over to Ames Park, that whole area – is that kind of the next step in this development process? Yeah. Well, let me let me start with yeah. that a little bit. Is that for any of the audience um, that have attended any of the meetings, we tend to start out with these sort of framework diagrams because it's important to note that every project has a relationship with many other projects. There, there really isn't anything in your downtown that is a standalone. Uh, all by itself kind of a, of an enterprise that so we tend to do exactly what you just said Jeff as the intro is that 
um, especially when these things start to go to HPC and the Planning Commission and the Mayor and Council and Workshop and everything, is even though they might be looking at the Ames Mill Dam project, they are asking the same questions about how does this relate to Ames Park? How does this relate to uh, the Bridge Square and to the Promenade? So specific answer, Ames Mill Dam, uh, the Bar Engineering team has uh, done its uh, feasibility study we are getting set up um, right now to get into a workshop with mayor and council on the 12th um, to for them to walk through the different scenarios they've been studying, everything from keeping the dam, it still needs to be repaired, but keeping it in place to partial removal to full removal um, in favor of and trying to, to really look at the, the detail behind uh, river health, uh, river ecology, Opportunities for river-based recreational use and so forth. So those have implications to how we look at shoreline, how we look at access to the river from Ames Park, whether we have additional canoe and kayak landings, how that relates to what's happening with Bridge Square and with the promenade, which also shows opportunities for river connections. Mm-hmm. So they're all really related. We're excited, but I would say in the early days of doing Bridge Square, um early discussions about Ames Mill Dam it was really cast as kind of a either or scenario are you in favor of removing the dam or are you not in favor of removing the dam well it's more it's more interesting than that what the options are and how the nuances of different design scenarios and so on so it's it's still going to be much talked about and um, and uh, people will have very strong opinions. We're certain of that, but we want to get all of the information out there so that people have uh, as good and accurate information as they have about the whole scenario, uh, the different options, not just what happens if we're just going to you know, take the dam out. Mm-hmm. It's a little more complicated than that. All right. Uh, gentlemen, once again, we're talking with uh, uh, Bob Close and Bruce Jacobson, developers, or I should say uh, consultants, uh, kind of guiding, guiding Northfield through some of the uh, downtown projects we have, and we have a lot of them. We haven't even gotten to the buildings yet. I tell you what, gentlemen, if we can mind if we take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some of the buildings uh, that Great. will be going up. That's when we return after this. The graphic mailbox is in the River Park Mall. With all of your mailing and printing needs, we can pack it up, ship it out, and get it down the road. Fabricate a sign or a banner. We work hard to know our products. We can find the books for you and set you up with everything you need. The graphic mailbox is in the River Park Mall, offering solutions for you. Come enjoy a fellowship prayer breakfast at the Grand. Enjoy a fun gathering of like-minded people sharing their love of Jesus. Starting your morning with renowned author Cheryl Carpen, a Christian motivational speaker with more than 1.5 million books sold. A portion of the proceeds will go to the Northfield Women's Center. Purchase your tickets for $25 from Petalina at 313 Division Street South in Northfield or by scanning the QR code on posters posted at various places around town. See you at breakfast on the 14th. The Northfield Rotary Bike Tour is back, and we're back on Defeated Jesse James Day, September 9th. We're being hosted by the Dundas Dukes at their ball field. The theme this year is fun. We'll have lots of activities going on at the ball field when bikers arrive, and when they come back, they can pick up their coupon for free beer from Chapel Brewing. We'll have three road rides, two gravel rides. The family route will have fun activities for the kids. Music, activities back at the park at the end of the day come 
join in the fun. For more information, go to northfieldrotary.org, go to events, and follow the bike tour link. Get your tickets now. A safety message from Northfield Hospital and Clinics. Back to school means kids are back on the road. Walking, biking, busing to school, drivers can keep kids safe by sharing the road. Allow more distance when you're driving behind a school bus. Don't block the crosswalk when stopped at a red light or waiting to turn. Watch for bikes, especially around intersections, driveways, and parked cars. Get more driver safety tips at northfieldhospital.org. Northfield Hospital and Clinics, partnering with you for a lifetime of care. We're talking once again with uh, Bruce Jacobson and Bob Close, consultants with the uh, city of Northfield. We're talking about some of the development projects along the riverfront and in downtown Northfield. Uh, gentlemen, uh, thanks for being patient with us. Let's. Uh, I want to talk about some of the uh, building stuff, and we're going to get to that in just a moment or so. But we should let people know that you still have a voice in this. You want to be heard. There are a, a number of meetings that will be coming up, uh, meeting with different people and some of them on different topics and such. What don't you give us a, a preview of, of what's coming up in uh, like September and October? Yeah. Let me give you the major ones. And I want to make the point that we're, we are also available as we have been throughout to meet with individuals and small groups. Give us a call if there's a particular issue. Um, we have what we call kind of revolving door meetings. We have hours actually in city hall um, where we would be happy to meet with folks if they want to talk about some specific things. So the big pieces though, uh, coming up, we have a mayor and council workshop to talk about Ames Mill Dam on September 12th, which is a week from... Yeah, that's uh, yesterday. week from yesterday. Um, Next Tuesday. Then we have a Rotary Club meeting coming up where the topic will be the development projects. So the focus will be on the downtown development, downtown riverfront. That's on September 14th. Oops, I skipped one. September 13th. We are convening uh, a focused discussion on the downtown riverfront projects, which takes in Bridge Square, Ames Mill Dam, the development projects, the uh, public space, uh, parking, um, uh, the downtown special services district, and so forth. On September 13th from 4 to 6, downtown business and property owner workshop will be in City Hall in the training room. On September 20th, we are convening a workshop with uh, for the Riverside Lions uh, Vets Memorial Park. Uh, it's really a concept design workshop, and uh, it's public, but it also will be in the training room. I believe it starts, I'll have to give you more information, I think it's 4 to 6 on that one. On the 21st of September, um, kind of a repeat of the downtown business and property owner workshop, but this time, same topic, same agenda, but this time it's with Friends of Downtown, the Chamber of Commerce, Round table, open table, and anyone else that wants to show up that's interested. Uh, again, that's in the training room. October, early, we're going to repeat what we had done uh, of quite a few months uh, ago now, but uh, uh, public forums for the general public to come in and learn about all of these things. We'll have all the expertise, all the experts around the different stations to talk about things. They're scheduled tentatively, folks, for October 4th, October 11th, October 14th and October 18th. We're adding an extra one this round that was will be on a Saturday so we can capture more folks. Um, stay tuned for times and locations and agendas. But, again, the topics are it's a broad uh, agenda. Bridge Square, Ames Mill Dam, Ames Riverside Lions, Vets Memorial Park, 
development projects, Archer House, third in Washington. We're going to get that in a second. Discussion around Highway 3, which we haven't really touched on today, but that's still on the on our priority list of how do we talk about taming Highway 3. Uh, and then special services district and much else. So that's what we have on the on tap. <laughs> Just those few I, things, Jeff. How do you have any time for planning? <laughs> Man, that's a lot of meetings. But we want people to show up, and we want to hear we want to hear your concerns and your ideas and all of that. So yeah, folks, this go. this is uh, a process that is that is being conducted in the open. You can go there and. Listen, watch, learn, and even comment, and give us Correct. your two cents worth. Let's talk about some of the uh, the property development, some of the buildings that will be coming downtown. The first one, uh, of course, would be the Archer House development right uh, right next door to us. They're meeting tonight for a second time with the Heritage Preservation Committee. Uh, we just heard from Sean Allen that he was kind of disappointed he hasn't gotten those plans yet to take a look, but it is going to be a little bit... Uh, uh, Updated, I guess, from the initial uh, plans that were released to the public, which was pretty much lead balloon stuff. <laughs> the stuff of lead balloons, but hopefully it'll be different <laughs> this time. Uh, now, let's talk about the city's role or your role within the planning process. You know, it's their building. This is a private developer. But you have been working with them not only for the uh, the building itself, not maybe not necessarily the building itself, but how it relates to the riverfront and downtown with something that you're calling the terraces. So maybe we can kind of start with what your involvement in that is and, and what the focus is from, from your standpoint. Yeah. The, um, you know, it's an interesting sort of uh, confluence of events. The Archer house burning um, led to the fact that that site needs to be rebuilt. And that, that sort of came at the same time that the city had determined that, the liquor store, the municipal liquor store, needed more space, and and so suddenly there were two riverfront projects in play. And you're right, we are working on behalf of the city, but also with the development team and the design team uh, at the Archer to deal with everything from the, the west-facing facade all the way to the river. It's going to become very different than it is today. Now, of course, it's parking, but it will be a new park, essentially. And uh, and it will relate up and down the block to uh, other redevelopment as well in the area we're calling the terraces. Um, there's, we're working with the development team on the Archer also for the character of Division Street. How does it feel on Division Street? How much room is there? Um, how does the building meet the street? And there are right now proposed to be six different tenants who would be occupying the Division Street facade. So not unlike the rest of downtown, there's a rhythm of, of small and larger uh, tenants, including two restaurants. At this and, and these tenants you're talking about in this particular case are, are businesses, yes. small businesses. Yes, yes. Because and there it, would be housing above. Housing above. That's okay. correct. And so um, it's a real mix of uses and, and so on. Uh, there's been a lot of attention, as, as you pointed out, some of the early renderings uh, really were... Uh, let's say not developed very much, mm -hmm. and uh, th there was a strong reaction about that, as well as uh, it proposed a potential of a of a fifth floor, which could be achieved through a variance process. But the fifth floor, in, in the latest renderings, is no longer part of the scheme. Uh, more attention is being paid to the first floor and how it relates to the street on the Division Street side, and how it relates 
to the pedestrian walkway on the river side. And there's ongoing discussion about exactly what might happen on the west side down along the riverfront um, and various options for activating that space. There's going to be public terraces and, again, this park connecting to the river. So, And then there's the mid-block connection between the Nutting Block and and the new Archer building, and there's a proposal to open to that to the mid-block connection to activate it and actually have open window space, uh, doorways, and so on to be able to make more of the mid-block connection than was there previously. So that's just a very quick snapshot. It's complicated. Um, There's a lot going on and a lot of focus on some of the details of the architecture. And this is something that is very common. People remember the archer and arched windows and the porch and all of the qualities of that building and and some want to recreate it and yet the standards from the secretary of interior related to historic districts is you don't you don't try to recreate you what you really need to do in those districts is have a building that reflects the design uh, a current, you know, design of its time, the materials of of its time, and construction techniques of its time. Not trying to recreate the Archer. Right. Mm-hmm. Want to jump in on that? I don't know. I, we may be running out of time here, but <laughs> I, 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 somewhere in here, I just wanted to. Hopefully, people will recognize the level of commitment from the leadership in this community, the electeds and the commissions and boards and so forth that spent a lot of time uh, walking through all of this, the city staff, and much else. It's unusual for, and we've been doing this a long time, a lot of time community process is just a finite number of meetings, check the box, yeah, we talked with the community, we're moving ahead, uh, we're going to make decisions, we have enough input. It's very different here in Northfield, and it's a very profound and really um, uh thoughtful commitment to community engagement. I don't use that phrase a lot because it's overused, but I think getting outreach and getting community members at the table as much as possible in whatever forum, it's really a big part of this process. There's no finite number of meetings where there's no, we're going to get it right, folks. We're going to listen. We're going to adjust. We're going to make refinements. We're going to continue to work these issues um, we really hope that people come to the table and be collaborators, not just naysayers, not just the negative, but we also are building advocacy around the good stuff, too, around the positives, because there is so much positive energy in this town that is really important. And I want to tag on to that uh, because Bruce is absolutely right about the city commitment. I want to suggest that the development, the developers in these cases are also um very skilled at these kinds of developments and and have a passion for this community as well, which is not always the case. I mean, you can drive through the Twin Cities and see a lot of buildings that are just being tossed up. Down here, it's really a matter of crafting and relating to the incredible context of history, city and neighborhood, city and river. You know, it's, it is a, it requires a level of sophistication that 
um, I just wanted to convey because I see that kind of passion and commitment from the development teams and the architects, frankly. All right, let's talk uh, a little bit about a couple other buildings that have, have made headlines. And, of course, that would be uh, in place of the new liquor store, that would be a, uh, a hotel. Uh, we won't call it the Archer House. I don't know what they're going to call it. But, uh, nevertheless, a hotel is planned for that area. And then, of course, the parking uh, on uh, uh, Jefferson and uh, High- Washington. Or Washington. Excuse me, yeah, Washington. Fifth and Washington. And Fifth in fifth. Uh, where are we at with that, and uh, what do, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, the building at Fifth and Washington needs to come online quickly because, as Bruce pointed out, we're not taking away spaces until we have spaces. So the city owns the lot. It's a municipal parking lot, and there would be three levels of parking. Uh, so it's optimizing the use of that, and, and, and then it would be lined on Washington with housing, three levels of housing facing across the street. The liquor store would be at the west, kind of the southwest corner of that building, uh, and that's where the entry would be to the liquor store. So it's uh, it's got multiple uses again, um, but really the pr- presentation that it gives to the street is is intending to be very approachable and uh, not a parking structure. Mm-hmm. But again, it's very important to have that in place, up and running, before the promenade can happen, because that's where a lot of the parking is today. Mm-hmm. So, and parking for the new hotel, frankly, would also be, you know, using that new structured parking. Uh, for the, between those two buildings, uh, the parking ramp is uh, the first one that's going to be going up then, or at least that's the way it's looking and right it's now. Similar schedule, probably, with mm-hmm. Archer. So now, they're kind of in a similar time frame. And then the complementary piece to the Archer site redevelopment that Bob was just describing earlier would be the third in Washington across from the library, that that would also be structured parking, three or four floors, not sure yet, but housing, lining, that building as well along Washington. So it would be a mixed-use building, but it's the same thing, is that the ultimately the vision is that there would be additional parking structured and surface and on street and every other aspect of parking in all four quadrants of mm-hmm. the of the downtown district so exploring ideas related to byzantine on the west side of the river and that whole site on the corner of second and the highway three structured parking would be part of that as well it's really knitting together all of the pieces net we we're cautious about quantity you know parking counts and so forth but Ultimately, it would be a net gain, in quotes, but depending on how the city grows, um, there are other sites that we're looking at further south, uh, uh, Krauss Anderson and a lot of other other places that have talked preliminarily about redevelopment. So it's not static, but it's saying that we will meet replacement for sure and convenience and access and also the extra bump that we need for the short-term redevelopment projects that we're talking about, these two or three or four in particular. But ultimately, it's it's saying there would be a net positive um, in terms of quantity. Now, when you're talking about that uh, Washington, uh, the, the, the second parking structure on Washington, just up the hill from where we're yeah. at right now, where the big white house is, yes. apartment building is right yeah. now, uh, redoing that, 
guess what? Everything's kind of tied together. Yes. <laughs> Have you noticed that yet? Yes. Uh, but, you know, that kind of opens up another neighborhood. If you look at the alleyway between there, there's some businesses and such back there, and that potentially could be uh, developed into something uh, more useful than it is right now. Is that uh, is that anywhere within the process it's part yet? Of, or? It's part of the... The interesting aspects of what we do, um, we're landscape architects by degree, but we're urban designers, really. We've worked with communities. I used to start out by saying, if you've got uh, some kind of fungus in your evergreen tree, we're not the guys, but we've talked with thousands and thousands of people about what they think makes great community. And to answer your question, it's really, these are all part of the same conversation, that even the 5th in Washington, where there's a street that's kind of an alley street, that's going to be much more amenitized as a pedestrian way, not just an alley. But those are fronts on people that live back there or have businesses or secondary accesses to their to their businesses on division. So there will be improvements along that whole western edge, that mm-hmm. western face of 5th and Washington. And it's the same for 3rd and Washington. Is Looking at those opportunities to make those mid-block connections are part of how people have historically moved through this city and accessed downtown and had multiple fronts, um, which is really what we're talking about everywhere. You know, I go around and visit different cities, not a whole lot, but whatever I, I have been in a different city, I always find the coolest little alleyway that has a restaurant or a bar or something, and there is something that makes it unique. I want to drop a name <laughs> okay. if I can and talk about Devin Johnson, who owns several properties down on um, what we're calling kind of the south West quadrant, which or southeast, which is related to the, by the liquor store development, the whole fifth and water thing. Mm-hmm. But he's got some really cool ideas about this little enclave back in behind. There's an alley that comes down, and talking about first floor access and building a deck and some access to the river, and then down below would be this enclave of little shops and kind of spill out uses. Those are the kinds of things. I'll drop another name, although I can never remember a name. One of the council people who owns the bookstore. Um, Jessica Peterson White. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Jessica. <laughs> um, but same thing is that the comments about turning backs into fronts and saying, we really want to do this. We can't do it all by ourselves. And that's what's really cool about the alignments is that we're looking for not just the city costs and the city expenses. And so this is multiple buckets. And when we have these kinds of alignments with private development and so forth, it's really the idea of, of how do we put pull the funding together for somebody like Jessica to be able to turn her ground floor of her building to a riverfront access business right on a really great public realm with all these people walking by her door. Um, so that's what we're after. And there are all these entrepreneurs that are just saying, basically, give me the chance. Give me the chance to do this. I love it. You know, we haven't even gotten to <laughs> most of the town yet. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Across the street or across the river from here, uh, the development on the west side, you know, the West Bank, the Byzantine. You had mentioned some things about Ames Park and some yep. development within there. Yep. You go on down to the uh, back on this side of the uh, river, the Lions Riverside Park. And unfortunately, we don't have a whole lot of time yep. to, uh, to, to, to go into that now. But. Can you give us uh, just some some quick highlights of some of the things that you're you're thinking about or the city is thinking about uh, in development uh, on some of the other places as we as we go out? I think 
I, I want to highlight a little bit because we are kicking off a workshop for Riverside Lions Vets Memorial, and we've teed that up by we've met with Lions Club multiple times. We've met with um, the DJJD's work work group. We met with the Village on the Cannon people. We met with the Vets Memorial folks. So this is really a convening, and the goal is really for all of them to be in the room at the same time. There's been some misconception by a few folks that there, we already have a plan in our pocket, which we do not. Um, so it's going to start, really, the meeting's going to kick off with uh, the Lions Club folks to talk about the plan that they have in their pocket. Um, and then Vets, talk, Vets Memorial folks talking about their plans. They may expand the memorial and so on. But it's really a conversation where they can hear each other. And out of that, then, will come a plan that everybody can support. That's the process that we're entering into. Ames Park very much tied with Ames Mill Dam. Um, the exploration, we, we were asked uh, more than a year ago, just take a quick look at it, what might the highest and best use of Ames Park be. We've commented that we drive by there a lot uh, for the last four and a half years plus, and it's a very popular hangout for geese, but <laughs> nobody else. Um, I've never seen a person in there other than the carnival. And we've talked to Fire Chief Tom who says he uses it occasionally when they have an open house and they'll display equipment over there or mm-hmm. whatever. So we honor all of that. Um, it's not about displacement. It's just saying what are the other opportunities. There's some flood study stuff. You know, everybody's aware that Ames Park goes underwater, um, parts of it or maybe even potentially all of it in the future. So that has some considerations about whether it's a development site or it's a park, public space. We've drawn some diagrams that show river theater. We've shown more intense kind of park uses. But... What I'll share here as the the most current word is what we really want to do, and we've met with parks and we've met with city staff and said what we really want to do is back up. We want to open this up and have it be a citywide conversation about what do you think. Billboards, websites, forums, tents out there, public events. We want to hear what the citizens of this town think of Ames Park and if you were king, what would you do with it? What, you know, little kids up to seniors, Latinx, every demographic, everything, bringing them to the table. We'll have, we'll have translators. We'll have uh, hands-on um, uh, kinds of exercises uh, to get people really to, to – but what we want to do is start at zero and say, what do you – and as long as it takes, we're just going to pull in ideas. What do you think about Ames Park? What should it be? Um, and go that route. And we're out of time with that. (laughs) I'd love to say more, but we're just flat out of time. Uh, I think we have a list somewhere of those upcoming meetings that we can post. We'll post this interview online along with uh, any other information you'd like to pass along for public meeting and and such, uh, because we'd like to see people attend to that. Thank you so much for uh, taking you know, 45 minutes and being with us. We'll have you on again maybe at some point in the not terribly distant future, but I know you have a lot of meetings. Maybe once you run through this gamut of, of informational yeah. meetings and go into the next phase. So thank